Did you miss the headline and the top story of the day? Extra, extra, we don't don't worry, because we got you covered. This is how we do. It's the Cattles and Rami. Top spot. All right, let's do one national, one local. We know the national. Of course, we're talking about the Denver Nuggets, Rami, winning the NBA title last night. Your take on that? Entertaining game. It was kind of a fist fight, a dog fight. At least it was close. You said you wanted to have I a, wanted close, a game. close game. It was close to the end. I was, I mean, I was hoping that the series could get extended a little bit selfishly just so we could mine more sweet, sweet content out of this thing, squeeze all the juice out of that lemon that we possibly could. But it was a dog fight, Nick. I think both these teams, the, the Nuggets smelling the, the championship glory and the Heat backs up against the wall, desperate. Both these teams stepped up their defense, and that's how you end up with a 94-89 final in an NBA game in the year of our Lord 2023. But even with that final, it was a it was a really, really entertaining game. I just think, and not to take anything away from the Nuggets, the Heat just ran out of gas, man. Or call it the law of averages coming back to bite them. Whatever it was, they were they were playing out of their minds and above their heads. Much of that roster, starting with Jimmy Butler. And I think in the end. It was just it was just too much to ask for this team to finish the job given what it took to get here. And and then the team that was in front of them in the Denver Nuggets, there just wasn't a lot of gas left in the tank, man. Jimmy Butler had two field goals headed into the fourth quarter. He was brutal. He was awful. I, I thought Denver was very, very tight. They looked like a team that knew that they could win their first championship in 47 years or whatever it was. They were very tight offensively. And I think that's why you saw the turnovers early. They came out sloppy. They were playing nervous. They were playing tight. They shot 5 for 28 from 3. 17.9%. They missed 10 free throws, Rami. That screams to me a team that was feeling it a little bit. I thought they had several wide-open looks that they missed. I thought they had several really good looks that they missed. And when you miss 10 free throws like they did... You're feeling the heat a little bit, no pun intended. I-, I thought they were tight, and that showed in their shooting. But their fourth quarter defense, you mentioned it. Defense, defense, defense. That's how the Nuggets won this game. Butler was bad until like the final three or four minutes, and all of a sudden, he started to get aggressive. He made some threes. I thought playoff Jimmy was coming out. I really did. Well, it did, just way too late. Yeah. Michael Porter Jr., Respect to him. He finished with 16 and 13 after a, a series where he struggled mightily, to put it mildly, from three point land. Uh, here was Porter Jr. in the post game last night. My jumper was broke all series. Like I, I didn't play well offensively um, to my capabilities, but <clears throat> they know what I'm capable of. They see me every day in practice, so the confidence they were giving me every day was what what good teammates do. So. I just stayed with it. You know, even tonight, it wasn't my best shooting night, but I just kept playing hard. That's all you can control is your effort. I could have scored zero points, two points. Like, I don't care. We won a championship. Can't nobody tell me nothing. My jumper was broken the whole series. My jumper was broke. It it was. It was Don't care. I'll fix it in the offseason. There's champagne to drink. I'm a champion with a broken jumper. Exactly. So, take that. I'll just say one more thing. I don't want to put too much into this, but... The officiating was atrocious last night. 
Here thought was, so? Here was my problem. I'm trying to think of a major issue to take oh with the God. officiating last night. I didn't. They I were was, letting guys murder guys out there. Well, let them play. The 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 but, old let them play. But I thought the how much they let them play favored Miami big time. That's my. That's how Miami played. Oh, and there was a, the foul called the on the Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, Butler three late. Yeah, that was. How in the blue hell can you watch that replay? With the challenge by Michael Malone, and call and, that a and foul. walk yeah. away from that replay, saying that that was a defensive foul. Jimmy Butler clearly kicked Aaron Gordon. He kicked his leg out, mm-hmm. and I just thought Jokic got fouled several times late in that game, and they didn't call it. I thought the first half was heavily slanted towards Miami, and they allowed that crew allowed so much physically that that kind of set a Miami tone. Now, Denver was able to escape and win. But that was, if you call a game tighter, Miami has a much tougher opportunity to, to, to beat Denver in Denver last night. That was called perfectly for Miami. That that was the kind of game that they needed. And that yeah. was the kind of game that they got. I can see that. I can see why, why you'd see it that way. I just thought a number of times guys were getting smacked. And uh, no call. Gabe Vincent jumped into the middle of the paint at one point and literally grabbed Jamal Murray's arm, and they called it a jump ball, and they showed the replay, and the broadcast crew was acting as if there was no foul before he got any piece of the ball. There, there was a lot let go last night, and that that hits Miami. Meanwhile, local top story today. Not a good one. Nevada State Senate has passed along the public funding that the A's were looking for, $380 million. So the first big step in officially getting the A's to Vegas happened today, Rami. And while I am disappointed, Nick, and I took great joy and maybe even saw a glimmer of optimism in the way that A's officials were getting just roasted and grilled at the legislative session last week, Nick, I said then. Like, I'm enjoying this. It's sweet. It's a tasty little morsel of, of, of people getting their comeuppance for, for what they've done to Oakland for this grift that they're trying to pull on the city of Oakland and, and, and on the city of Las Vegas in the process. But I said then, they're going to get what they want. Ultimately, the wealthy get what they want. That's just how it works. And politicians will put on a good show and maybe push back a little bit on this stuff, but... You follow the money, and if the money is there, then chances are rich folks are going to get what they want. This is disappointing, but not surprising or shocking if if this indeed does go through. And if it doesn't go through, it'll be the next city. They don't care if it's Las Vegas or anywhere else. Major League Baseball and the A's are just out on Oakland, and, yep. and they're going to do what they got to do to get out of there, and there's, there's not very much that can be done to stop them. This is John Fisher's hustle. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he has finally tuned his plan, which is don't spend money on the A's, take money from baseball, meanwhile, uh, then complain about the empty stadium, then complain about you know not having the facilities they need, blah, 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 because you're asking for hundreds of millions of dollars in handouts from the local politicians. And then you spin that to Vegas and you take your Fakakta 
scheme down to Vegas and you sell them on the idea of, oh, tourists, we'll get 27,000 people in the stadium every night. Sure you will. And then you get Vegas to okay this deal so you don't have to put your own money into the stadium. And then you turn around and you dump it. You dump the team, you make a couple billion, and you walk away laughing. That's that's what this is all about. And the fact that this is so transparent and Major League Baseball just allows it, if not oh, they allows it, allow they help it. it. Yeah, they, 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 they back it. Is is just absolutely freaking outrageous. And everybody sees this for what it is, and it's embarrassing. And I could only hope that the Vegas A's fail miserably. It would be embarrassing if they had any shame. True. But they have no shame. Zero. Nobody involved in the Major League Baseball part of this and the A's part of this. None of them have. And the politicians who are going to let this go through and and let Las Vegas sap money from schools and from mental health care for kids and all the other things that they talked about that, that they don't have the budget for but somehow are going to find these millions of dollars for the A's. They just they have no shame. They will look right at those programs and say... Thanks for the handout. And the we whole, appreciate it. The whole reverse boycott idea. Look, I I get it. It's kind of fun. But, it's getting a lot of attention. But uh, John Fisher couldn't care less. And Vegas is not going to care less. And baseball doesn't care less. They're, they're just going to do what they do. And so if this is some kind of vitriol and release for A's fans, great. I'm all for it. Go tailgate. Enjoy your time with other people that are frustrated by this, but don't get it twisted. John Fisher's sitting there with his feet up, knowing exactly what's going to happen. He's going to somehow, some way, get his ballpark funded somewhere, mm-hmm. and he's, then he's going to jet out the back door with money in his pocket. That's what he's going to do. This isn't good for anybody, but John Fisher, his co- his fellow owners, and whatever ownership group there is there, and Major League Baseball. It's not good for anybody else. So there's the uh, national and local top stories of the day. You have thoughts on the Nuggets championship? Feel free to give us a phone call, 1-800-920-1140. You can also text us at 916-339-1140. YouTube, youtube.com, SacktownSports1140 is uh, another way that you can get a hold of us and chat. Charlie Bartholomew telling me that uh, last night's foul that was reviewed and upheld was a foul by the law. Gordon was in his shooting space, and I could not disagree more with that. As I said, he was in Jimmy Butler's shooting space because Jimmy threw his leg out three feet in front of him. You can't land in the shooter's space. Gordon was coming from the side. Yes. He was flying by Yeah, he wasn't moving towards Butler. And Butler threw his foot into Gordon's body. Right. 100% 100% offensive foul. No idea how they can't call that. Well, I can, NBA officiating, but brutal. Do we have a two-minute report? Absolutely freaking brutal. The NBA probably burned that. Kidding me? <laughs> Nuggets won. They don't care. It's over. Uh, George Kittle has something to say about his quarterback room. Find out what in 90 seconds. Cattles and Robbie. Cattles and Robbie. Sacktown Sports. Is it okay to quote tweet yourself just to quote tweet yourself? Because one member of the uh, show just did that. In what uh, context or regard? So Simone was replying to I knew Kyle you were Massey say Simone, yes. on Twitter, and she said, "A's belong in Oakland with the fist up." Mm-hmm. She quote tweeted that thirty eight minutes after the initial tweet and said, "Word to your mother." Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, struck me as weird. She's trying to pump up her own tweet. I'm trying that's to support. How it feels. Oakland Athletics right now. 
But you did that in your initial tweet oh to Kyle Matson. Oh, God. It wasn't, that is a reply. It's in a thread, right? Do we all know how Twitter works? <laughs> yes, but then you quote tweeted your own tweet to try and pump so then it up. It's going to sit on my timeline as my own tweet. It got so, so why don't you just it retweet it? It got so quiet in here. You could just retweet <laughs> That's it. That's what a quote tweet suffices. It satisfies that. But, you know what? It I, goes a little overboard. I think she she tweeted A's belong in Oakland. A little bit extra. It didn't get the attention she wanted oh with just my with just three likes. I think God. you're onto something. And no retweets. And she was like, I got to do something to boost this. Fine. You know what I mean? Jay, are you ready for this? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, God. A's belong in Las Vegas. Is, wow. Are you guys happy? Wow. Are you guys happy? No, that's not what we were looking for at all. I was out of control. We just caught he you. He turned off my mic. We, <laughs> Simone is like her own hype man on Twitter. Hype woman. Yeah, what are you doing, Rami? Sexist. Hype, hype woman, man. Hype person. Surprised Simone didn't run in here and choke you out. I am a person and not a base. If I said that, forget it. It's over. For me and you. She beat us both up for no reason. Oh, my God. It's like Bernie. You guys are going to the ER. You guys have coverage? You're okay? Bonneville's got you? Conor McGregor us? Yeah, I am. Conor McGregor us. Uh, we'll get to George Kittle in a minute, but an update from my a story. theory is definitely right, though, right? The, the tweet didn't get what she was looking yeah, for. I, I agreed with she, you at okay. the time you said right. it. Okay. All right. So uh, we, we were talking about Stefan Diggs earlier in the show for a few minutes. And Stefan Diggs was not at mandatory minicamp practice today for the Bills. And uh, there's been a little bit of uh, mystery around this because the agent for Diggs told Adam Schefter. Oh well, he was he was at mandatory minicamp. Uh, he he showed up. He had a conversation with Sean McDermott, the head coach, and uh, Brandon Bean, the GM of the Bills. And apparently, uh, Diggs then decided not to show up. So he's technically in Buffalo, but he's not really in the facility at Buffalo. And it, it would lead you to believe that the conversation between the GM and the head coach and the player didn't go great. And then Josh Allen went out there with the media and said that there's uh, some communication issues. He stood up for Diggs, said there's some communication issues. So your star quarterback, your franchise quarterback, absolutely 100% siding with the wide receiver instead of the organization. Not sure that makes Buffalo very happy in the front office, but it is what it is. I think they understand that's almost what he's got to do. He's got to go. He's, he needs Well, to, not he, as strongly. but Maybe he, not as strongly. He could have. He could have. Uh, he could have played it a little bit uh, more in the middle. But uh, Rami, you mentioned earlier that when Diggs was in Minnesota, he he just continued to go to social media, and he, he's done that during this off season with some cryptic tweets. Well, he went to uh, Instagram just a few moments ago, and here's what he posted there: "I just be letting people cap if them lies help you sleep better. Tell them, big dog." I don't understand what could be the. Uh... The disconnect here and, and the truths between the two of them. Like, Stefan Diggs either showed up and worked or he didn't. 
You know what I mean? And like like I said earlier, my response to Stefan Diggs' agent, where he's sitting here in front of me, would be quit playing. Man, we, we know what they mean when they say he wasn't at mandatory minicamps, which is he didn't participate. Yeah. He might have been in the building, but he didn't participate. And I can't see why, if he did participate or if his absence was excused, why Sean McDermott would go to a podium and go to a a throng of microphones and say Stefan Diggs essentially didn't show up to work and it's very concerning. You know what I mean? Yeah. What does Sean McDermott have to gain from that, from, from, from putting that lie out there if it is indeed a lie? He... He either did show up and work or he didn't show up and work yep. is, is, is what this comes down to, right? It's pretty clear. Okay. Yeah. It's, pre- it's pretty cut and dry. All right, let's get to George Kittle. He's Rami Amkattles, Cattles and Rami Sacktown Sports. Uh, here was George Kittle talking about the uh, 49ers quarterback room. Doesn't sound like he's too worried. You know, I think, um, you know, uh, John Lynch and Kyle uh, Shanahan have done such a great job of creating this roster um, with depth and – um, all-star players at multiple positions at important positions that, um, you know, whatever happens to quarterback position, we definitely have a chance to win a lot of football games. And uh, we're in prime position uh, to get back to that game uh, that we lost in last year. And um, yes, having a fantastic quarterback would help us out a lot because it is the most important position in probably sports. Um, but we have uh, three, four guys right now that can sling the ball a little bit. So... Number one, I like the fact that George Kittle's accepting the responsibility of we've we've got to be good, we've got to be really good in case our quarterback is not quote unquote fantastic. We accept that challenge, and this team has accepted that challenge. They know they don't have an elite play caller. They haven't had an elite play caller for years, but they accept that responsibility to do as much as they can to be as good as they can be to win football games. There's also just this utter belief, Rami, that you get from this team in Kyle Shanahan. They believe in the guy that runs the program. They believe in that offense. They believe in that scheme. He said what the 49ers brass won't come out and say, which is we don't really think it matters who plays quarterback. If we have a replacement-level quarterback, if we just have an NFL replacement-level average quarterback, we have so much talent, we have so many studs up and down this roster that it just doesn't matter, man. We're going to win a bunch of football games, whether it's Brock Purdy or Trey Lance or Sam Darnold or some other joker that we go out there and get between now and the start of the season. It does not matter to them as long as it's a replacement-level average NFL QB. They think they can go out and win a bunch of football games, and they're probably right. But George Kittle just said the part out loud that the Lynches and the Shanahans of the world won't come out and say out loud. They'll tell you, no, we got three franchise quarterbacks is what we got. That's that's the only problem we got at the quarterback position is we got three guys that are just too good for this league, quite frankly. Sam Darnold's got a cannon. Trey Lance is a ridiculous athlete. Top three pick in the draft a couple years ago. Come on, what are you talking about? Brock Purdy? Mr. Irrelevant, very relevant. Hella irrelevant. It was refreshing to hear him just come out and say it, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. The uh, the PR, not as as strong from George Kittle as some some others (laughs) in the organization. He wasn't there for that meeting where they were like, guys, just say great things about the quarterbacks. Let's not pretend like we can win with whoever lines up under there. Doesn't matter if we got a crappy QB1. We're going to win football games. A special NBA playoffs edition of the callback is coming up. I'm going to light up these phone lines. 
The phone is ringing. And we are checking to see who's on the line. Long time listener, first time caller. News gossip, a story. Okay, who's the next victim? It's the callback. On Cattles and Rami. Before we get to the callback, a very special NBA playoff edition, calling back some of the bigger plays over the last uh, couple months. Does 50 Cent just fly around the country to take part in pregame festivities of every organization? Every organization that serves his cognac. Yes. He's in Vegas tonight getting the fortress going for game five of the Stanley Cup final with the Vegas Knights jersey and the whole nine. Good for him. No loyalty. He just flies around the country and just... Him and Micah Parsons. Shameless. They'll put on any hat, any jersey you ask them to put on. Yeah, Micah Parsons is a fraud, too. Everywhere. I won't say that to his face. No. Uh -uh. (laughs) But total fraud. He'd make me salt. Uh, So I wouldn't do that. But 50 Cent just rolls around like, "Eh, where do you want me? All right, cool. What do I got to do? I got to crank this thing. I got to spin this thing. I got to hit the the thing. All right. Does the check cash? Let me me hit that button. What, I got to do cowbell? All right, I can do that. <laughs> oh, you want just, me to hit a beam? He's getting ready right. to go on tour. He has a major U.S. tour coming up here. Oh, does he really? Yes. Nice. We yeah. gave away tickets. Oh, we did, didn't we? I forgot about that. I All thought right. you were trying to go to that show. I was, actually. Okay. Very perceptive of you, Rami. <laughs> forgot about that. Locked in. Jo- a job well done from you, sir. All right, let's get to the uh, callback for the uh, NBA highlights. Some NBA highlights as we call back the postseason. Let's just be honest, this NBA postseason wasn't very good. Said this this morning when we were having the show meeting. Uh, Obviously, Kings-Warriors was a really fun series. It was a really good series. Celtics-76ers was dramatic. Celtics-Miami Heat, obviously dramatic. That was pretty much it. Yeah, and and a lot of the heavy hitters went down early. You know what I mean? In terms of the, the players you want to see. I'm, I'm a big Giannis guy. He was gone at, and he barely played in, in that series. He was gone after one series. There was a lot of that, but the unpredictability of it, you could say adds, adds an element of entertainment. Nick, when you look at the way that, that things shook out in the playoffs this year, but I'm with you. There were plenty of times where, you know, with our hours, we get home and, and you turn on a game and it's already over. You're, you're like, I already missed the, the most competitive part of this basketball game, which was the first four minutes. Too many injuries, too many blowouts, too many just games that were mid. Yeah. All right. Let's get to some of the better moments, though. Kings, Warriors, game two. Domas with the dunk ceiling game two. The Kings will go the length of the floor. 12.8 to go. Inbounds to Fox. He races away from Peyton. Now he's challenged. He finds Sabonis. Put the frosting on the cake. Put the cherry on the sundae. Sabonis with a two-hand flush. Makes it 114-106. Desperation three. Missed by the Warriors. And the horn sounds to end this second game of this seven-game series. And the Kings take a 2-0 advantage by a final score of 114-106. to Listen to the G1C behind the G-Man. Remember how good we were Ooh. all feeling? Oh, 2-0. We were out there at the Golden 1 Center. So much fun. Oh, man. Damn, Nick, that was hyped. the game we were at together. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Indeed. Right. That was the yeah. last beam I ever saw. The, I didn't even know. And the tall guy standing in front of me, he was also there. Yeah. Yeah. He might be listening right now. He enjoyed it more than I did because he actually saw it. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. He did. 
Nick right. didn't. He did. Let's get to uh, Bucks Heat. Sorry, Rami. Game five. Uh, Jimmy Butler his one-handed inbound layup to tie the game at one eighteen and force overtime. This is Jason Jackson. There's a name from the past, Jason Jackson, uh, on Heat Radio Network. This game is stepping as far back as he can with three four in his face. Jimmy to the rim. The catch put up. It's in. He caught it and made it while he was straight inbound. Giannis, it's done with regulation. We're tied at 118 for one reason only. Jimmy gets buckets. For one reason only. Jimmy gets buckets. I was so sad. Didn't get many buckets in the uh, Nuggets. I was at series. the uh, Punchline Comedy Club that night. Oh, yeah. Oh. The show with our friend Lance Woods. Memorable night for you. And uh, they right. lost and the Kings lost that's all in one night. Right. Yeah, it wasn't great. All my NBA hopes. Wasn't great. Dashed. And what, that's the saddest I've ever been in a comedy club. Aww. Well, here was uh, here was the last time that I would be happy as a Celtics fan this postseason. Uh, Derek White, game six with a little magic on the Celtics radio network. The moment we'll be replaying over and over and over again. It's in the hands of Derek White. Here we go. Into Smart. Smart turns. Face is three. Rims out. It was tapped up and in, but it didn't come too late. We don't know anything yet. Of course we don't. Of course we get to triple zero and don't have the answer. The ball was tapped up and in, but was it too late? Game six and the Eastern Conference Championship is going to be decided at the scores table. Derek White got his hand on They are reviewing it now. The Celtics are celebrating, but nothing is official yet. Could it be the Celtics have pulled out the biggest miracle of all? All eyes are on Zach Zarba at the scorer's table because he holds the information in his hand right now. It is over, and the Boston Celtics have boldly and impossibly gone where no NBA team has gone before. Down 3-0, they have forced a seventh and deciding game at the buzzer. In which Jason Tatum will turn his ankle and the rest of the team will crap their pants, including Jalen Brown's eight turnovers. (laughs) They've done the impossible. They've gutted it back to Boston to be embarrassed in front of their home crowd. That was was, uh, Sean Grandy. Uh, on, on the Celtics radio network. I was watching that one at a local establishment, and I was literally the only person in the whole place paying attention to the TV to the point where I was looking around and like, did anybody else see this? Did, did this, did what I think, because they had the sound down, and I couldn't tell exactly what was going on, and nobody else was paying attention. So I was like, did what I think just happen? <laughs> just happen? Is anybody else watching this? And nobody was. I was literally the only person in the whole place watching. Only dude in the room. Uh, let's wrap it up here, and I should remind you, all guests come to you from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline during the callback. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop. Your one-stop Honda shop. Stepped all over it. A little better than Simone's yesterday, but that doesn't say a lot since Simone's was a debacle yesterday. Holy yeah. hell was that bad. I know. I wish Jay that was, so was here to hear it. We can reenact it. I didn't even start yet, JJ, and Simone was like, you one-stop Honda. She didn't even get to a one-stop. She went one you what? And then quit. And then just bailed on it. Oh, it's bad. Just bailed on it. It was awful. One stop. It, yeah. Surprised she even came back today after that one. 
I sent it off for a promo. <laughs> All right, uh, game one, Nuggets versus the Lakers. Jokic with a ridiculous long three in the face, in your face, of Anthony Davis to end the third quarter. This is the Nuggets Radio Network. Jokic has it at the point. You got to shoot it. Does for three. Got it at the horn. Right over Anthony Davis. And then Davis turns around and says something to Nikola Jokic. And Davis goes to the bench just laughing. Nuggets lead at 106 to 92. That was flat out stupid right there, man. That thing hit the top of Ball Arena's ceiling. That was stupid. Flat out stupid. That was flat out stupid is the best way to describe that. That didn't make sense. That shot going in simply did not make sense. No. He he made two or three of those in that series. Yeah. The one foot step back. It's just ridiculous. Throw it up and make it count. The man is a circus act. It's ridiculous. Insanity. So there you go. The callback. Thanks to uh, Folsom Lake on Hotline. That's fun. Little callback of the NBA playoffs. A broken-hearted pundit and a broken-hearted JJ coming up next. It's a quick break. Thankfully, my tinkle didn't take too long. Like a lazy ocean hugs the shore. Wasn't quite ready for that. Good to know. I know you would. Love to know. Like a flower bending in the breeze. I mean that. I started to get a little uncomfortable um, with the Twitter back and forth between you, myself, and Simone. I was a little worried for about three minutes that Simone was angry at me because I sent a a GIF. Uh Uh-huh. Something along the lines of, like, don't be salty, sweetie. Yes. And I wondered for about three minutes if she was angry. No, I like that show. That's yeah. shameless, right? I think that gift is I have from... no idea. Okay. Well, never mind. But it is <laughs> a great show. She saved her venom for me <laughs> and yes. my mom, apparently. Oh. Rightfully so. Yeah, when the, when the mom gets into the conversation. That I was, was kind of gnarly, huh? Yeah. I had to ask Jay. I was like, his mom is still with us, right? Before I sent it. She so. was till you sent that. <laughs> oh, no. Killed her. Broke no. her heart. No way. I was going to see myself out of the conversation. But, I was uh, I was going to reply because I said Simone was seeking out attention. I had sent a GIF saying Simone was seeking out attention by quote tweeting her own tweet. And she said, uh, your mom pays attention to me, which I was shocked by and uh, <laughs> and hurt. And I was, I was going to clap back at Simone's mom. But then I remembered that. She's a very nice lady, and she's a fan of Rami and wants, That's true. wants to see wants to see the shirt the come goods. off. And yeah. I was like, I'm not going to. Go after a fan. Yeah. You know what I mean? A fan. Can't go after a fan. <laughs> that was a funny drop. <laughs> that was uh that was the intro music for Rami. <laughs> Take that shirt off for Simone's mom. Coming to the stage. Hit, hit my music. <laughs> and the shirt came off. <laughs> For real, she's going to come by and she'll bring us treats. Oh, nice. Nice plate. You guys are going to love it. For the Friday snack exchange, perhaps. Okay. Not this Friday, though, because we won't. No, neither of us. No, no. I'm not here either. That's right. JJ, you here on Friday? Sorry, Jay. (laughs) Yes. 
JJ, the last one on the uh, island of relevance Which here, is huh? A damn shame. And I'm not even going to say why it is, but we'll just, you know, <laughs> there might check be your a- holidays coming <laughs> up. Exactly. A certain holiday that certain people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what you're putting down. <laughs> two Americas. Two Americas. All right. Uh, let's get to uh, Shannon Sharp, Rami. Today was his last day on Undisputed with FS1. And, uh,. You go back a few months ago, it got very uncomfortable for Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. Like, it went beyond the job. You could tell that, you know, some of these back and forths were getting pretty real, maybe too real. So Sharp, as we know, decided to walk. He no longer wants to be on Undisputed. He no longer wants to be with FS1. Uh, he apparently has a podcast. I haven't listened to a second of this thing, but I guess it has like millions of subscribers and it's doing well. Good. So we'll see. Look, he's not going to be uh, missing any meals. He's got enough money. Don't feel bad for Shannon Sharp. Don't 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 cry tears for Shannon Sharp. But uh, Shannon had his last day on Undisputed today, and here's how he left. Ladies and gentlemen, this is officially my last day at work. After seven years, the train stops for Shannon Sharp and Undisputed right here. And uh, over seven years, I've made a lot of friends, and I'd like to take the time now to thank some of these people. Uh, first, I'd like to thank Fox and FS1 for giving me this opportunity, for believing in me and allow me to share this stage with a young man that I've sat across from for seven years. I want to thank you. To the fans that made all this possible, Yunk. you've embraced me and allowed me to become your favorite TV uncle. And for that, I'm forever grateful. You, 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 you rock with me when you knew very little about Shannon Sharp, the guy that could come out here and talk. Hopefully you found me uh, entertaining. Hopefully you find me educational. Hopefully you found all the things that I gave you that you looked for when you came and you turned in and you watched me and this man for seven years. Okay. This is not easy for me either. But one more thing, I one more to, thing before yeah, you go, Skip. Okay. One more thing. All I ask is when you lay your head on that pill at night, you know I gave you everything I had. You did. I gave you everything I had. So Shannon got a little, a little emotional. emotional there. Um he also kind of went on and, you know, thanked. Yeah, I think it was like eight minutes long. Nick. Yeah, yeah. He, I, my, not to cut you off. He thanked. Uh, it's all right, Skip. Uh, he thanked He thanked uh, Skip for teaching him everything and all that stuff. And He brought his daughter out. He also called her. Skip young, didn't he? Yes, yes. He said well, that young man. I guess AJ ain't nothing but a number. <laughs> I don't know if we classify 70 as, as young, but. Uh, I was confused when he said that young man sitting across. Yeah, I was like, is but, somebody sitting behind Skip the different, off camera. They have what, a different co-host today. Who is he, who is he referring to? Uh, here's the thing: like Bayless is again. He's he's like seventy years old. He's he's apparently calling the shots from what you read. Like he is very very big on micromanaging. I read a story that he even like calls in and stuff and pays attention to stuff when he's supposedly on vacation, and oh, he will go through the rundown when he's on vacation. Like a 70-year-old Carmichael Dave. <laughs> Just can't go can't on vacation away. and leave yeah. people alone. Calling into the show. It's outrageous. Doing shows from patios and balconies in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> and St- Stephen A., meanwhile. Love you, Dave. Uh, Stephen A., meanwhile, apparently doesn't want a full-time co-host. So the thought was like, hey, maybe Shannon Sharp will just go to ESPN and, and join the powers of Stephen A. Smith, but Stephen A. is really comfortable with shuffling the deck and bringing people in. So he's he, he doesn't sound like he's too thrilled. And also, let's not 
let's not get this thing all mucked up here. Stephen A. Smith knows that if he doesn't get a co-host permanently, then Stephen A. is the star yes, of that show. Yes, he stays the star so of the show. Word. He knows the game. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Shannon ended up in the rotation, though. You know, on, on NFL Mondays or Fridays or whatever the case might be during the season, like like Michael Irvin has in for the last couple of seasons. Eight biscuits and eight, threw in some extra sausage. Eight biscuits and threw in some extra sausage. I wouldn't be surprised if Shannon was in the rotation on first take, sitting across from Stephen A. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised either. And that might be entertaining. I'm not gonna lie. I've told you I, I first take I can take in small doses. And I like Shannon Sharp. I might that might that might yield some entertaining or viral moments. I'm happy to tell you show. I haven't watched more than like 10 seconds of first take in my life. Uh, absolutely hey. zero interest in that. But to each their own. Yeah, to each his own. Yep. I watch pro wrestling. So there you go. There you have it. Stop BSing the people in this country. Tell them, Dusty. But, uh, you know, we'll we'll see if, if Sharp ends up on ESPN. I, I agree with you. I think he'll pop up and... McAfee came out a week or two ago promoting Sharp and saying that he'd love to have him at ESPN. And as we know now, McAfee has a pretty decent amount of power himself with the network as he gets ready to transition there. $17 million a year. As he Woo. should. Uh, moving on. College baseball, super regional. JJ's Texas Longhorns against Stanford, the powerful Cardinal. This game was uh, 6-6 in the bottom of the ninth. First and second with two outs. We got a pop-up on our hands. 1-1 to Bowser. Bowser skies this one. And they don't spot it. Kennedy looking for it, and it drops. Stanford wins. And it's going to Omaha. Wow. In the twilight sky. It's that time of night where the lights really haven't taken yet. It's not dark enough, and if you don't see it off the bat, you're not going to find it. Tough way to lose that one. That's a brutal way to lose. Absolutely brutal way to lose. Just lost it in the sun. And from, I think I was watching some No, what no sun. How did they lose it then? It's like when when the sun is down, you have that in-between time of the evening, and the ball can kind of... Oh, blend in like gray sky. Yeah, okay. within the within the sky. Okay, and that happened a number of times during that game, didn't it? Wasn't there like two or three balls that they just lost in the sky, Jay? During the there course was a of few, that game, yeah. But one was foul. Uh, one was caught. Someone saved someone else. But man, you know, of course, it happens. It happens. Just, I've seen uh, it happen. Just a brutal well, way to I've lose seen people stuff. get hit in the face. Yeah. Oof. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of people getting hit in the face with a baseball, uh huh. And not necessarily seeing the track of a ball. John Sterling, 84-year-old John Sterling on the Yankees, thank you, Mm -hmm. radio network. I've done this a few times. Yankees radio network. Uh, Listen to what happened to Sterling here. Now the 3-2 swung on, a pop foul back here. Ow! really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. So once again, it'll be a 3-2. And Holmes ready to deal. A ground ball to third. Donaldson squares. Throws to first in time. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. You know, that foul ball actually hit me. It kind of glanced off no, my forehead. Did it? 
So I took one for the team. <laughs> Unfazed. Just keeps doing the job, man. It was up there for a while. He's only oh. two. Swung on. A pop foul back here. Oh. Ow. 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 Oh, this poor baby. Like three-year-old kids get hit. Ow. So is the baby. Owie. I had the same observation you did, Nick, which is that ball hung up in the air for a minute, yeah. and he did not. He didn't move. <laughs> move, John. Move. For the love now of God. Three, two, swung on. A pop foul back here. Ow. 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 <laughs> who, who actually says ow when they're hurt? <laughs> That's ain't hurt, man. Shouts out to John Sterling being a, a, a trooper, getting yes, it done. Sure. Closing out the game. Exactly. I know that. 84 years young. Ow. 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 He has some mean backspin on it, too. You could hear it. He even says ow like I an counted, announcer. I, ca- I counted. I think ow. like ow. <laughs> I think I count up to like four one thousand. It was like three or four seconds. And if you watch the video, he's just like looking at it, having no idea it's gonna hit him in the face. John, move! Move, baby. Pending doom. He's like, oh, the baseball well, coming at me. Ow. Coming back. Ow. 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 <laughs> It hit me. Oh, we heard it, John. I've never heard anybody hurt actually say ow. John Sterling does. Thanks to JJ. Thanks to Simone. Great job. Uh, Thank you, Rami. We're back tomorrow. It's Cattles and Rami at Sacktown Sports.